Hi. This episode was recorded on March 15th of 2020. So you can hear me being, at the beginning, being a bit flip about things that were still developing. Uh, I just wanted to mention that just to, to be uh, clear about so people might have an idea of what was going on at the time. We have some rapidly developing events in the world. Uh, on that note, times are a bit scary for a lot of people. And a lot of you are probably listening in your homes, unless you're future people who are listening a year from now or further. So, just want to say, we're all in this together. Thank you. Con l'anerio chiefnesti, meso mea niamazti no anio taracani kespi. Welcome to Conlangery, the podcast about constructed languages and the people who create them. I'm George Corley. In Plague Ridden, California, we've got David J. Peterson. <coughs> we have who? That's that. What? I mean, you weren't even going to say the illustrious, the respectable, <laughs> uh, the fragrant. <laughs> It's probably not actually a good joke to be using, but um, uh, because that that's everywhere. And uh, and uh, oh, down in Texas, someone who is going to be start doing classes online if uh, it doesn't crash on her is Jesse Sams. Hello. <laughs> uh, sorry, we had we had some uh, discussion of. Uh, Things that are happening in terms of mitigation of a disease beforehand. But uh, thankfully, that's not the thing that we're going to be talking about. <laughs> yes, no. Please, no diseases. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. We're just, we're just talking about tanking heroics. That's it. <laughs> and that means nothing to <laughs> uh, me. <laughs> It means something to me, but it's not it's not actually what we're talking about. David, please, this is my show. Uh so uh by all means, and, by all means. and we are here to talk about y'all's show. So uh the two of you have started a streaming conlanging show called Langtime Studio. And uh so that is gonna be our topic for today. Before we get to that, first of all. Conlanger is entirely supported by our patrons over at Patreon. You, you just go to patreon.com slash conlangery and pledge your monthly amount. I would I love that we are getting enough that I can do a few things. Uh, one of the things that uh, I've been able to do for uh, after that is uh, uh, because of the Patreon is that I have transcripts of every episode now. And uh, if you want the the back episodes transcribed faster, and need more pledges, that's uh, that's just a thing. Uh, I, I could also get some better equipment and uh, do more shows, all kinds of things. But uh, Patreon.com/slash/conlangery if you want to support the show. Now, moving on, uh, I'm we're here to talk about y'all show. So, who wants to? Give me the rundown of what's the basic concept for um, Langtime Studio for our listeners. Go for it, David. Okay. So um, way back when, uh, well, last year I started uh, hiring other conlangers to work with me on various shows. Uh, Jesse happened to be the very first one that I hired. I hired her to work on a show called uh, Motherland, Fort Salem. Uh, a show which is actually debuting on the Freeform Network in four days on March 18th. So I, I don't know when this is going to come out. It might be after the premiere. It might be before. If it's before, 
uh, go watch it since I know you're not doing anything else. Nobody's doing anything else right now. And if it's after, it'll be on Hulu. Just saying. Ooh. It, really? Is that serious? That was, that's what all the advertisements say, Freeform, and then Hulu on the other side. So I'm just like it. Oh. I'm counting on that. That means I can watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You can watch watch the show that you worked on, huh? I don't, I don't have a cable subscription and uh, I, I've got a digital antenna, but it doesn't go as, it doesn't go that high. <laughs> it doesn't go as Yeah, I guess I can go to my parents' house. That's the, that's the only place that we're visiting while we're kind of self-quarantining uh, because, I mean, somebody needs to watch our child and it's not going to be us. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, what are we talking about? Oh, oh, right. Okay, so. Um, anyway, so I, uh, Jesse was the first person I worked with. I also worked with, uh, uh, Christian Tallman on, uh, Shadow and Bone and, uh, Carl Buck on a, uh, a project that is yet to be revealed. Uh, but that's, that's going to be a good one too. Um, anyway, so, uh, going way back, I have a YouTube channel. Uh, I know I often forget about it, but I do. And one of the things that I started doing was I started recording myself doing work on uh on languages and you know just uh, and recording and the various things i do uh which was a lot of fun but i can't stream it live because it's all covered by an nda uh we did this uh i as an experiment i did a joint one of these with jesse when we were working on motherland uh i did one and the recording failed i recorded video but it didn't record any audio <laughs> it's very embarrassing um which must be fun to rewatch. Oh, gosh. Well, no, that video has gone. I mean, <laughs> is it? I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Yeah, I, I think I just deleted it. Um, but yeah, we that one, gosh, that one was a load of fun. It really is too bad that the audio didn't record on that one. Uh, I figured out the problem. And so we did it again and it recorded audio on the second one. And so uh, that was a lot of fun. And that one will go up on my YouTube channel eventually when that episode of Motherland airs. But uh, anyway, I had such a great time both working with Jesse to create a language and recording stuff with Jesse that I thought it would be a really cool thing if we just did it more. And so um, all we needed to do was come up with a way uh, to create a language that wasn't covered by an NDA. So um, I have a, a personal project that I'm working on uh, where I want to create a bunch of languages. And so I asked Jesse if she wanted to help me out with it. Uh, and so that was how Langtime Studio was born. Indeed. And I will tell you, when he asked me, I was like, heck, yeah, let's do this. It's very exciting. Yay. Which is which was which was which was gratifying because she she could have said she could have <laughs> said no. And my little heart would have been broken into a million pieces. You can't do that to the rabbits. <laughs> no, that's right. The language we're creating, by the way, is a language for rabbits, uh, kind of anthropomorphized right. rabbits, conveniently anthropomorphized rabbits. So I'm not dealing with, you know, how would rabbit physiology work with phonemes and stuff like that? That's not for this project. Yeah, uh, I, that that was right up front, too, on the I. So I have uh, tuned into all of your streams. The last one I only tuned into part of it is like, you know, well, sure, yeah, it's but two um, hours. yeah, right, right up front. I remembered you were you were like we're just assuming that they magically have the same vocal apparatus as humans, just because I don't want to deal with it. So, and you know, that's always a perfectly valid to- choice. We're making if you're making fantasy languages for fantasy creatures, you just get to determine that. And mm-hmm. um, having tried to account for non-human physiology before, it's just painful, and you don't really <laughs> want to do it if you don't have to. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like there's more story there, George. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's fun. It's fun, but it's like it's it's at the same time it's like how far do you want to go because like this mm-hmm. this is um some of my first few languages are were for aliens and i was trying to think about it and i think most of the time i was thinking 
just in terms of what sounds they wouldn't have. Um, like I had, um, yeah, so I had, of course, like a species that had beaks instead of mouths, so they wouldn't have any labials. I had a species where the, the nasal apparatus was actually creating echolocation clicks, so oh, wow. I assumed that that would be dedicated to that and they wouldn't have nasal sounds available. The only only one that um, the creatures that have the beaks are the Hala and, and that was that I also did give them something that humans can't pronounce in that they have a syrinx, mm -hmm. which allows them to produce two, two pitches at once. Yeah. Which it's, uh, yeah, I had a little bit of a tunnel system, but those are old languages that I don't know if I were to return to them today, I would probably scrap them and totally rewrite them because those are some of my first attempts. But anyway, back to what y'all doing. So you have these, these, this rabbit language and mm -hmm. like you, you've done like three sessions and I think you're still sort of sorting through sound changes, right? Yes. Yes. But I feel like at the end of the third episode, we are now in a place where we'll potentially move off sound changes within the next episode or three. <laughs> <laughs> Is that is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, honestly, though, if you think about it, it, you know, creating a whole language. I mean, we've uh, we put six hours into this language, and we're going to be done with the phonology after six hours. I mean, it's pretty quick. Yeah, that is insane. <laughs> yeah, that is insane. Yeah, um, it does you know, help. You, it, it does it, help to have the the crowdsourced commenting because you make decisions faster when other people are, are voting. I suppose there is a lot of time in conlinging that is lost to uh, pondering, uh, wondering, uh, tinkering, and then also uh, procrastinating, uh, procrastinating <laughs> if you were. In other words, yes. like, you know, yeah, you know that a decision is coming. You know, it's going to be important to make that decision. And you don't want to actually sit down and have to do it. Bless you, though, there might also be some work involved or some research. And so you just kind of put it off. Uh, I know that there's a lot of conlinging time lost there. And it, you can't really do that on air because it leads to dead air. Um, <laughs> That'd be real exciting yeah. to watch. <laughs> As we both strike a, a thinker pose. Hmm. <laughs> mm, yeah. Uh. I, there was something that really got me stuck uh, this this last session. Uh, it was yeah, it was trying to make uh, the Pete Bleakley sound changes work. I really wanted them to work. But, oh yeah, I mean we. I but mean, wait we, now now we did reserve or preserve. I think I should say um, part of it because we did change yeah. some of the as to as. So we we got part of it. It was yeah. just all of it was difficult. Yeah, yeah. I, I. So the Pete Bleakley sound changes. What what were you meaning exactly there? Right. Oh, it's uh, it was. Um, I was having a, a trouble with uh, how, deciding how to resolve hiatus in this language. So we put it to a vote. Uh, you know, amongst our our patrons on Patreon. Uh, but even with those options that were available. I didn't know what to do with the sequences of schwa followed by ah and vice versa. And so I left it kind of blank. I said, we'll figure out what to do with that later. Uh, and then on Twitter, uh, Pete Bleakley had a look at it and he gave me a really brilliant sound change where whether it was schwa or ah, whatever it was, it, when they come next to each other, it turns into a long ah. And then a later sound change turns short ah into ash and long ah into regular ah. And it was so brilliant and took care of things so well uh, that I didn't consider the further ramifications uh, beforehand. Instead, I kind of tried to implement it. And then I saw that with all the other things that were going on, it just wasn't going to work or wasn't going to work out exactly the way I wanted to. Or, or kind of like changing that would if you wanted to keep the spirit of it would force you to change some other things. And so ultimately we had to abandon it. Ah, I still feel that rather acutely. I feel like though it could be 
implemented into future languages. We do have more languages on the way. This is eventually. true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tons. So here, here's here's a question: like, how much of the this language are you going to create before you move on to others? Are you going to be like getting into like building the lexicon up and everything before you move on to other ones, or what? What what is the situation there? I mean, I don't think we know. Like, we didn't really plan this. Like, <laughs> it's it's unscripted. <laughs> yeah. So we're not sure. I mean, so here's the thing. I've had this happen a couple of times in my life where it was like, I come up with an idea for something and I think it's going to be really cool. And I ask for advice and people say, oh, you should do this, 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 and this. And once you do all those things, you should be up and running in like seven to eight months. And I'm like, "Ah." and I was like, I weigh, you know, should I go through all this rigmarole and launch something that's really good? Eight months from now, uh, risking the fact that I might just lose steam and drop it, which happens a lot. Or do I just go now with what I know already works and just uh, see if it works? And I, I went with option B there. Uh, and, and luckily, Jesse was on board. I mean, if, if Jesse were a different type of person, you know, she might have said something like, you know, oh, yeah, that sounds great. So let's you know, create a roadmap and let's create an outline for how we're going to approach this and, you know, come up with a week by week schedule. Uh, and then, you know, in a year and a half, we'll be ready to go. I mean, but, uh, but so if you hear me, me, if you hear me snort <laughs> laughing over here, it's because I think from first mention to first episode, there was like a month and yeah. I was just like, Let's do this. And I wasn't even thinking like technology or any of the additional concerns that go into doing live streaming. And so David was actually the planner in this (laughs) partnership (laughs) because he's like, we need to practice and actually make sure we can record each other. And thank goodness we did because our our test live stream, we found out there was no audio for like 10 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, that was embarrassing. (laughs) It was it was great. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that's the beauty of the new era of online content creation, because yes. you can just like jump on and do that. When I started Conlangery, which is now years ago, I've been doing this for a very long time. Very, um, in fact, like, hold on to your thought. It amazes me how many of these episodes you've done. I yes. mean, a hundred would be a ridiculous amount. And aren't you like over 200 now, approaching 200? Where are you at? Um, I believe that this one is going to be 146. Let me, I'd have to take a look here. Um, That's amazing. Let me, let me, let me look at my website. <laughs> mm. It's one a month, right? So we're talking, is it one well, a month? Well, the, uh, uh, at the very beginning, it was weekly, oh, and then okay. it moved to, to every two weeks, and then now now it's... But, uh, yeah, so this one, the last one was 145, so this one is going to be 146. Unbelievable. Which, uh, yes. Unbelievable. The, the, this is also, yeah, uh, one, one more time, uh, uh, we are transcribing those back episodes, and there are a lot of them. <laughs> right now, you're getting one back episode a month with the current episode, so... Patreon.com slash Conlangery. I could pay my transcriptionist more to do more stuff. Um, anyway, so yeah, uh, this is not about me. I, I was just saying that like when I started Conlangery, I just, I went on the ZBB back when I was on the ZBB and, and people were there. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Is, is that still going? I I'm not know. sure. But um, I, went, I went on the ZBB and I'm like, I want to start a Conlang podcast. And who's going to be a host? And I, I got two people who showed up for the first episode. One of them was not on any any more episodes. And like we were off to the races. Audio quality was horrible for the first seven episodes, but we were off to the races. And now that was in 2011, I think. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> so wow. now like nine years later, we're still gone. 
So hopefully you guys will get to do to to that long. I, I actually am very encouraged that to see not just Langtime Studio, but there's a bunch of Conlanger channels popping up on YouTube now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because like that is the thing that I wanted to happen when I started Conlangery, and it didn't really happen early on. Like we had there was one podcast that came after us early on and then just stopped abruptly. After one episode, I think. Oh, wow. <laughs> but now, finally, we've got Langtime Studio. We've got um, like some world there. There's a world building channel artifact scene that does some Conlang stuff. And then there's a few like Conlang Critic and uh, Bill Baridian. I haven't really looked at these too much. Like I've watched like one episode of one of them, but because I have no time. But yeah. Um, I, it's encouraging that I see people trying this stuff. So, and hopefully Langtime Studio will inspire more people to do stuff. Yeah, I hope so. Well, by, the, by the way, since we're talking about Con Langery, like, you know, there was this thing where when podcasts came out, they were huge. And then they all but died. And then they came back. Uh, I believe that Con Langery came out like at the very end of the first boom. So, like, you survived the uh, the general co- uh, podcast crash because, like, I don't know if you remember this, but like, nobody was listening to podcasts for a while after a time where everybody was listening to podcasts, and then they came roaring back. So that might have had something to do with it. Um, but my goodness, you just kind of my my, my secret, David. Mm-hmm. My secret, David, yeah. is I never expected to earn any money. So I don't really care about getting sponsors or anything. Yeah. So now, now I have a Patreon and I would like to get more money, but it wasn't, it was never a goal. I was always going to do this anyway. So like I made it so that, you know, I made it and, and, and you know, I went to monthly, I've gone on hiatus a couple of times, but I've always made an effort to just do it just for the, the joy of it. So that's how I survived. And that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the idea that at least I had with this whole Langtime studio was I didn't really care about uh, necessarily about people watching because, uh, you know, I needed, you know, more followers or anything or 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 that for us to make money. Uh, I just thought it would be really cool to work with Jesse again. And I was desperately looking for some kind of excuse to do so. Uh, that was this. <laughs> that was so sweet. Oh. I mean, it's true, though. <laughs> yeah. To, to be clear, though, you guys do also have a Patreon and patrons yeah. can vote on certain yes. things, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's there. What, what is it? <laughs> Patreon slash Linktime Studio, right? Oh, right. Of course. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Patreon.com. Yeah, yeah, we have a we have a, a small but loyal following, and and they've been voting, so that's been good. Um, and, and yeah, like we we take those votes seriously. Their their stuff makes it into the language, whether I like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> and then you kill it. <laughs> let's let's talk. A, yeah, <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit about that because so this is collaborative. Collaborative between the two of you, but like um, you also have other people. Uh, I think w- what I've seen you do is you'll do some things are patron votes and some things are are audience votes, which is a a, a sort of a common thing. And then um, uh, where where was I going going through? So you're collaborating between the two of you, and then you're collaborating with the audience, and the audience is throwing out suggestions. I think I've I threw out a few things once in a while but um mm. and how is that like because i know that right now you have some things that uh you would like to keep in the language but you're not totally sure if one of these votes is going to kill it like um uh there's a a word i don't know is is this what you're hoping to be the name where yeah. it's the the word Angala. Okay, yes. So that was actually, and I don't think David cared about the word because he's trying to kill all the central vowels, including the schwa. Uh, <laughs> but 
It was in our first session, and it was one of our very first sound change rules, and it, it was sort of just thrown out there as one of the, hey, look, this, is, this could be a word. And some of the, the commenters had sort of latched onto it and said, hey, maybe this could be the name of the language. And I don't know why. It just has a great ring. And I was like, this is great. Ngala. And so I was really desperately holding on to that word. And David killed it in the last episode. <laughs> the central files are gone. <laughs> well, at the same time, though, you really liked Ash. Remember? That was, uh... I do. I, yes, I, I do have a weird affinity for the for the Ash sound yeah so like i mean you had to you had to be thinking of anala in the back of your head at all times i i remembered it i was like oh i know what's gonna happen to this <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be and i believe now it is ingala ingala yes yeah i i i did that because otherwise it was going to wind up being ingala yeah which, no that's terrible <laughs> even it i just admit didn't that's terrible me no. So, yeah, I but I found a way I found a way to at least get Angala in there. It's all right. So, so it'll be preserved. But yeah, and we haven't really set whether that's going to actually mean anything in the language or even be the name of the language. It was just this great sound. And I don't know if it's because it's so similar to. I, I think the only way that this language could say my sister's name that like, I was like, this is wonderful. Cause her name, her full name is Angela. And so oh. I don't know if like, that's what made it so important to me, <laughs> but something about it. I was like, we have to keep this word. And I, I thought we... maybe you were thinking it, it was analogous to another word. Analogous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, Sorry. Yeah, you don't have. Yeah, you can't do Angela, can you? Mm -mm. You'd have to. Well, you'd have to have. Um, yes, we don't have that African right. or something like that. Well, here's the thing: the one of the last things that we need to do once we resolve our our vote, which was, uh, I really, I honestly, I really felt uh, a, a sad for one of our commenters uh, who lost the last vote because they really liked voiceless sounds in between vowels and we just weren't going to have it and so i just relied on the old geminate trick to get them back and so now we're figuring out how that's going to work i think it's going to move forward at least one version of it is anyway but um once we do that one of the last things we have to do is i mean jesse you said you wanted a palatal series we haven't addressed yes. that yet we haven't addressed yet so that's going to have to happen uh next episode uh yeah, we're going to need to discuss if we're going to do that and then how we're going to do that. We've got a whole series of, uh, of, of vowels that have uh, palatal glides before them. So we've got options. We've got options. I just feel like the rabbits are very palatal. Hmm. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see when we, have some, we throw some test words out there and if they feel rabbity or not. I mean, <laughs> this is the beauty of creating languages, right? Where it's like things just feel right and you have no idea why. And we keep saying, oh, rabbits wouldn't do that. <laughs> what rabbit would do any of these sounds? None. Our rabbits. Our, Our rabbits. rabbits will, yes. <laughs> but no, I, I really feel like uh, somehow, miraculously, everybody who's chimed in and said something like that. Uh, I found myself agreeing with all of them. Mm -hmm. I think we've really honed in on the sense for what these rabbits are supposed to be. And, and that brings joy to my heart. Uh, it makes my job easier because eventually I'm going to have to fill out the stories for these rabbits. I mean, I've got, I've got some, but I need to fill them out, you know, but that's far after the language is done. Let's, let's ask about that mm -hmm. because, you know, the, for, for the phonology, especially since you're just assuming that they're magically humanoid vocal tract, then you don't really have to think so much about culture and backstory and stuff like that. But as you move into a little bit in grammar, but more, mostly when you get into uh, lexicon stuff, 
you kind of have to be considering that. How much world building have you done for this? I, I understand it's for a game. Yeah, so it's a it's this board game idea I have that I think can work very well. Uh, but uh, honestly, not having language has been an, not having languages has been an impediment because I I don't even want to give them placeholder names. I want them to at least fit the phonological pattern, and there isn't one. Well, now there is one. Well, we're getting there, but. Um, Anyway, so it's been kind of a roadblock. So I really wanted to get these languages off the ground. But essentially, these these forest dwelling rabbits are, you know, they're they're in the forest, and they believe that that nature is 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 tops. You know, they're they're really big fans of it, and anybody that would harm nature is the enemy. Uh, so the the kind of the idea behind this world is probably. It is post-apocalyptic, but what we know for sure is that there are no human beings anymore. They're simply not in the picture. But there are a number of animals that you know perhaps were hopping around here on Earth, be they rabbits. And what happened is there is some sort of substance which caused uh, those animals that came into contact with it to develop human-like characteristics completely by magic. I don't care about the science of this at all. Um, and so the, the rabbits are one group, right? And they are one group amongst several other groups, including, uh, cats, dogs, mice, and probably possums, though it might be somebody else. I don't know. I have to, I have to decide when I get there. But, um, anyway, I'm sorry. You, you have to, you have to have possums. You can't just drop <laughs> possums and say, oh, it might be somebody else. It's gotta be possums, wow. man. Okay. Shoot. What now about raccoons? Armadillos. I'm <laughs> raccoons were coming later. I'm from Appalachia, man. I need, I, I need you to have possums in there. <laughs> the the only thing that gave me, the only thing that gave me a uh, pause mm, about the possums. That's terrible. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> It was terrible. I, I really apologize for that. But um, I, I was I thought that this group might it might be good to have diggers in there. You know, guys that dig holes. Oh, yeah. Are you thinking so moles I, or prairie dog kind of diggers? Yeah. Are they separate types of diggers? Oh, do yes. moles and prairie dogs dig differently? They they're do? different. They're, they're oh, totally different animals. Um, well, I mean, rabbits burrow, too. They do. They do. They do to an extent. So, but, uh, but specifically, I, I wanted these to be, uh, I, I thought it would make things easier if they were, you know, folks that dug in the ground quite a bit. On the other hand, possums are nocturnal, so that could also help. And I do like possums. I think they're darling. My, uh, my wife was just telling me today, Erin was talking about how she saw the biggest possum she ever saw at her work. And she thought at first it was a cat and then came closer and, th and thought and realized it was a possum. And I think she was expecting me to react in horror, like, oh, my goodness, a possum that big. And I was like, oh, sounds delightful. What a good okay, day. You've never seen a possum hiss at you. I'm just they could be terrifying. Well, well, maybe you shouldn't have mouthed off at that possum like that. <laughs> Because, okay, so George, you mentioned Appalachia. So you're, you're from the Appalachia from area West originally? West Virginia? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm from okay, West Virginia. So I'm from the Ozark region of Missouri. And I got to say, like, I never found possums cute because they're mean. <laughs> well, see, now that's, that's what Aaron has said about raccoons. What did you do? That's true, but at least raccoons look like cute little bandits. I don't know why I find raccoons cuter. They're adorable. But they are very Possums mean. Are but they are mean. I mean, none of these animals, none of these animals are mean unless you corner them. I feel we've had a possum true. come up on my mom's porch and just like it runs away when you go go to it. Where? How did you encounter the possum? Were like were you like going into the garage or something? Because that's probably when it would be aggressive. But, it was on. It was on mm. our front porch. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it just it just showed up. It was probably looking for donations for its possum family. No, and you it just was eating our dog's food. <laughs> it was eating Whoa. our dog's food. It didn't know anything about your dogs. What it knew was that somebody Whoa. had set food out for it, and you were trying to shoo it. <laughs> My goodness, poor guy. <sighs> 
It's just. I mean, uh, we could talk. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Possums are great. Raccoons would be okay. great too. Well, I'll try to. I'll try to. Uh, we used yeah. to live. Sorry. Yeah, we we used to live in a place in um in university housing that had animals everywhere. Like there were like flocks of turkeys would go by, and there's raccoons and and squirrels everywhere. And it's like um, occasionally, uh, like once at night, I was going out to the mailbox, and there was a raccoon in my way. And I'm like, okay, hey bud, just get out of my way. And he left. He he rose up to his his full height on hind legs, which is surprisingly mm-hmm. tall for a raccoon there. But um, but like he did get out of my way after just a little gentle prodding. <laughs> gentle prodding. But anyway, yeah. We have to have so many more languages, David. Not just yeah. I know. We got We got to oh. add. We got to have the possum. And the raccoons and squirrels. Well, I mean, there are so many. Oh yeah. So the 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 initial set was going to be five, but the idea is there would be expansions, of course. Expansion packs. <laughs> Love it. Right. Right now, right now we're planning your expansion yes. pack yeah. packs, David. So you 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 pick your initial five, but at some point you got to oh, add yeah. possums. Oh yeah. So um, in the anyway, so the idea was that yeah, this is kind of the backstory for the rabbits. And the idea with these initial group of five is that uh, the whole reason that there is conflict is that this substance, which has which engendered in them the ability for speech and also to, you know, build stuff and hold stuff in their little paws, um, that substance has come back. And so now each of the five groups has a very different idea about what should be done about that. Uh, The rabbits, of course think that uh, nobody should touch it. Um, uh, nobody has any right to it at all uh, because it's a part of, of Mother Nature and also trying to extract it could hurt it. It also so happens that, the, that this substance is arising on their lands in the forest. So they have something to defend. Anyway, that's the basic setup. I like, though, how you threw in the of course, the rabbits, of course feel that no one should touch it. We really have a a strong kinship. And what cracks me up is I was not introduced to the rabbits until the very first episode. David told me (laughs) very brief sketches of, hey, there's going to be talking animals, but they're going to, you know, have all the human phenology abilities. So that was pretty much all I knew was that there was a game and there were animals who talk. And so I wasn't even introduced to the rabbits until our very first episode um, as we were live streaming. And already there is just such an affinity for them. And I love it. <laughs> Excellent. It's so good. <laughs> but I'm, I mean, there's, there's such an interesting thought there. Once we get that little bit of world building, like, first of all, the name of that substance, I feel like, has to be a rabbit word, right? Well, here's the thing. Everybody's going to have their own word for it, of course, right? And then the question is, what's the social hierarchy of the animals? So in other words, who is the prestige class? And I'm going to tell you this. The cats think they are the prestige class. Obviously. Yep. <laughs> uh, so... Incidentally, yeah. my original idea for this was to take five of my old languages and kind of retool them to make them better. Uh, and uh, I had a language picked out for each one, but I decided against this for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, um, I felt like uh, Njama, which was the language I was going to uh, kind of you know redo for the mice. I just felt like it didn't fit them. Two, uh, Kamakawi was going to be the language for the rabbits. Uh, and I realized two things. Number one, I didn't want to update Kamakawi, even though I don't feel like it's, I even, I, I, even though I don't feel like it's up to my standards anymore. Uh, it, it really ha- holds like a special place in my life. And so I don't want to touch it. I'd rather just not work on it anymore than try to retool it. Uh, and two, it's a, it's a, it was a language for uh, people that lived on an island uh, like a very small island, you know, somewhere in the South Pacific, tons of vocabulary for ocean stuff and fishes and everything like that. And rabbits are nowhere near the ocean. And if they ever saw it, they probably wouldn't like it. 
So that just seemed like yeah, a poor idea. They would have very different words for it. And that's, yeah. that's actually, you bring up something very interesting that I think, um, I, I feel like all conlingers will understand that feeling of you could repurpose an older language, but like, even though you recognize there are things that could be improved, it's very special. Languages are very special to you when you create them. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like, it's also, it's different with some of them. So like I, my plan was, and I'm still planning to do this. My plan was to refurbish, uh, Gieler for the cats. And I'm still happy to do that. Uh, and I'm actually pretty excited about doing that because for some reason, the connection I have to that language is different. Whereas like with Kamikawi, I was just, uh, it was, I, I almost recoiled in horror at the idea. Uh, I just assumed it would work and I realized it wouldn't. Um, and I just couldn't do it. Isn't Gieler the one with the absolutely absurd? Uh, yeah, harmony? it was, it, that was when I was, uh, taking, um, you know, theories that I would learn in linguistics very seriously before I realized that often those theories are, you know, garbage. <laughs> but, um, the, the thing is they're, they're just, they're descriptive theories. They're descriptive theories, and it, they're good enough if they explain whatever they see before them. It doesn't matter if they overgenerate, because you know it doesn't matter. It, it overgenerates, but the data isn't there, so who cares? As long as it generates the stuff that's there, it's fine. But of course, that doesn't work for a conlanger, because otherwise, you end up producing a language like Gler One. <laughs> I, I do want to say, like, linguists do actually care if, if uh, theories overgenerate, but I guess it's not necessarily as, uh, it's not the same kind of concern. It's, it's more a concern about what the val validity of the theory is rather than, like, this is going to cause a problem right. with what you are doing, right? And that's 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 a thing that you always have to be careful of. Um, I remember going to a conference and optimality theory is really is really known for yeah. overgenerating a lot. And somebody tried to do a universal OT setup for stress systems mm. and just run through all the possible oh orderings and they just came up with the 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 computer spit out just really absurd stuff like the stress pattern is different whether depending on whether you have even or odd number of syllables things like that mm. so yeah things this this is the these are things that conlingers yeah. have to be careful I of right? I feel like that, uh, oh go on no yours sounded better go oh just it just made me think of the, the conling bot that just spews out really random ideas. And some of them are really horrible for what you could incorporate <laughs> into a conling. I feel like everything that was being generated needs to go into that Twitter feed. <laughs> regarding, regarding Gieler too, I will say that it, one of the things that makes it fun is that there like Gieler one is really bad. Like, just from the very start, every at every single level. I mean, it's not, it's, it's interesting and it was kind of a fun idea, but since it's so bad at every single level, there's really nothing that can be rescued. And so when I, when I approached Gieler 2, the question was, how can I do this right while retaining the spirit? You know, still something that's strongly head final, still something that has maybe a larger number of cases than one would expect from the average language, but not everything is cases. And uh, something that has an interesting vowel harmony system, but is not an absolutely fundamentally broken vowel harmony system. And so, you know, that, that, that makes me fun. Uh, and uh, I, I look forward to seeing you wrangle it into some kind of shape that does not have a vowel harmony system that no one could ever acquire. But... Um, that's going to be I an interesting like, have challenge. Have you ever called it Gieler squared by any chance? <laughs> I have not. <laughs> because then we could have cube, you know, we could just build. Okay, but I, but I hear that. But I also hear <laughs> what you really said. What you really just said was, is it possible 
to build a language out of dance. Um, because that is of course, totally what I meant. Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, Jeeler squared, square dancing, dance. And I think that, yeah, if like you could have a group dance at the, mm-hmm. the entire purpose was to convey a message through the dance. Um, I think and now I'm wondering done. what Dosi Do really means. <laughs> this is going to be your language for bees. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, we have to have bees now. <laughs> They'll be squared. We can leave Jeter <laughs> Jeter alone, <laughs> but we need to have a squared language. <laughs> oh, be squared. Be there, be squared. Oh my God, that's so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Langtime Studios, season 14. Be there. Be square. <laughs> Look out for We it. finally get to the bees. <laughs> That'll be in 2068. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That'll be great. So, uh, I mean, <laughs> this is, this is a, an interesting... It's, it's an interesting thing to see people doing this live. I... I, I Really like the idea that this is you guys just doing conlanging, just like in the same way that people are now doing like D and D streams, although those are slightly more popular. Um, but um, but like it, and people who do videos on all kinds of of different hobbies, it's just you. To me, like uh, I was talking to William, and he's like, I don't need. I don't need anyone to teach me how to to do conlanging, and I understand that perspective. But at the same time, it's really interesting to me to see how someone else do, does it because it's not. I would do some things the same way that you do, and I do would do some things differently. But it's interesting to see what your process is, and I think it, all all conlangers who want to spend the time watching you guys would could. Uh, would be interested can 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 get something from from looking at like how this is how David and Jesse work on a language together. I think it's interesting. Yeah, and if I could throw out my own pitch, <laughs> mm-hmm. please okay. do. Okay, here it is. Um, it's interesting to see it done in video form. It's also interesting to have a conlanger reflect on their own process uh, for a language that they've created, whether it was their first or their 50th. And so if you or any other conlayer listening thinks that that's something they might enjoy doing, that is what Fiat Lingua is there for. We would love, absolutely love essays from conlangers reflecting on their own process reflecting on the creation of their own languages. Uh, I think that is something that will be incredibly valuable to future conlangers, whether they're, uh, you know, whether they're beginning conlangers or not. It's just interesting to see somebody doing the same thing, having the same love for it and approaching it in a slightly different way. So please, please write this stuff up and send it to me. I beg you. That was my pitch. I love it. I also, Kind of building on that, um, I, I also think there's always a point in every conlang I make where I feel like, not that I'm stuck, but I'm like, oh my gosh, where do I go from here? And having that inspiration to just see what other people have done. Um, and, and especially like David had said, hearing them talk about it or reading them, um, you know, something that they've written about that back process. It is so inspiring. Um, and I just, I think everybody can benefit from that. Mm-hmm. It makes me want to jump into creating a new language or something like that, um, which I might uh, end up doing soon, soon in the future. I, I've like halfway written a novel and I'm like, I need this, this language and this language definitely for this. And I need to, and I'm going to need to go back and do. Nice ton of world building and figuring out these languages and at least get name, naming languages up because I've got placeholder names. I I know David so so that's that's one difference is like I was writing a story with placeholder names just to get 
what I would need in the first place. And then you're like, no, I have to have a language first so I can have names for these things. That's a, that's, I mean, it, it's, uh, for, for me, it works like when I was writing, like writing, writing, because I, I would literally just drop in XXX, YYY, ZZZ, and so on, uh, because then you could search for them easily. But this was so much, this is different. Like all the stuff that I'm writing, it's on a bunch of different documents in a Google Drive folder. Like I'm literally, it's just like kingdom A, kingdom B, kingdom C, kingdom D, kingdom E. And it's just like, and, and it's like, as I'm writing this stuff, it's constantly referring to the other stuff. And it's not in a single document. It's impossible to search. And it's just like, ugh, forget it. I need, I need the languages, gosh darn it. Uh, I, I need something there. I needed something, you know? So we're getting something. It's good. <laughs> Slowly but surely. <laughs> mm. Angala, which is soon via sound changes. Going no, to become, no, because you know, that like, is so beautiful. Just good. we need Angala to say. I, I have to ask a question because, <laughs> uh, like, it's you don't say anything explicitly <laughs> sure. about this, but you are doing your the this historically as as is proper when you're doing naturalistic conlanging. Do you have a time frame in mind between the proto rabbit language and the modern rabbit language? Or are you just going to give as many sound changes as you want to and then see what pops out? Well, you know, of course, uh, different different languages will have a different number of sound changes occur over a different period of time. So I never worry too much about that. In this case, though, like what I'm imagining is that um, perhaps there there's certainly nobody alive that was, uh, you know, the original, you know, uh, from the original crop. But it's not as far in the future as human beings. So, like, this would be I mean, I don't think we can even conceive of how close this would be to like the dawn of human beings in terms of analogy. But let's say that this generation is maybe somewhere around generation 10. Like, and that's it. You know, it's really close to the beginning. Um, so uh, for that reason, this stuff can be evolved less. But it could also be evolved more if we just happen to want it that way. I guess I never even... I. How long is a generation for our rabbits? I had never asked that. Um, and of course, I was thinking in human generations, so immediately I screwed that up. But, you know, <laughs> son of a gun. <laughs> okay, hold on. You're welcome. How long do rabbits live? I think oh, they no, probably but they, live about 20 years. They uh, repopulate quickly. Yeah, they do. I I have a feeling that all of your animals, after they are like uplifted by this uh, strange substance, will be living longer than their wild their source species anyway. Yeah. Right. Mm. He has yeah, a good if, point. <laughs> yeah, if for only that they can communicate now and could uh, better protect themselves against. Random things. I'm sorry. I just Googled this. I don't know if you heard my little gasp, but it, it was a gasp of sadness. Rabbits live oh. one to two years in the wild. Oh, so our generations will be much longer. <laughs> Ten yeah. generations, 20 now, years later. Pet, <laughs> pet rabbits are like eight to 12 years. But I mean, and so like, I mean, you have to think the reason they're not living that long in the wild is because of predators. Uh, and yeah. just, you know, accidental, you know, like cars and stuff. Oh, oh gosh, it's so oh, sad. Of course. Yeah. So, uh, these are going to be longer lived rabbits, longer lived, longer lived, longer mm -hmm. lived. I don't know. Uh, they're going to live longer. Yes. So thank you. Uh, thank you, George. They're going to live longer because you are an expert and you said that they will. So, <laughs> well, I mean, so, you know, and, and that is now. 
That's George's law. <laughs> yeah, George's law. Thanks to George's law. I mean, listen, the, the, you got to have some limited, <laughs> some kind of longer life expectancy than one year in order for them to build a civilization and everything. Yeah. So <laughs> I guess you're welcome. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm glad that I could I could contribute yeah. while I'm having you on to just to promote your show. But um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, George's Law. Where, where can like people... It go to watch Laying Time Studio, and I know that you've not necessarily had a stable time, but what's usually going to be the time when they can tune into the stream? Well, usually it's going to be Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, and that would be 5 p.m. East Coast. Um, that will be our normal time. We only had to change that for one week um, so far, and from here on out, I think we're pretty good for a while at that time frame. Um, so yep. usually it's a it's a two hour um, live stream process when we do it. And then to get to uh, to get to our YouTube channel because it has some you know weird URL. Just go to langtimestudio.com and it will mm -hmm. redirect you automatically. We're also on Twitter at at langtimestudio. On Instagram at at langtimestudio. Uh, we're on Tumblr. Which is uh, are we langtime.tumblr.com or langtimestudio.tumblr.com? I believe it's Langtime Studio. Yeah, that, that makes a lot more sense. And then uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash Langtime Studio. Anyway, yeah, we we did we did all the, the social media networks and we'll see which ones stick. Kind of sad. I was I had like more than forty thousand followers on Tumblr, but I I started this one on Tumblr. And it's not getting as much traction. But, you know, you can see old uh, episodes, of course, on our channel at YouTube. But I also post all of the old episodes on our Tumblr as well. So uh, I'll keep doing that just because eh, it's not that much effort <laughs> for, for our <laughs> 30 I just, Tumblr followers. Hey, it's, it's, I think that's more than I would otherwise have. Um, and I did verify it as Time Studio for the Tumblr. Ah, uh, perfect. Uh, I'm sorry, 13 followers. 13, 13. Okay, so not, not as many as 30, but maybe after this we'll get to 30. Go follow right. Yeah. So, yeah, go to... Please. Yeah, just... Just just go... Go hit up the YouTube channel and, uh, and go see Lagtime Studio. It's... It's... It's fun. Especially if you can get in the chat and get into the conversation, because that's that's where like everybody's just like throwing out ideas and like talking about <laughs> linguistics, and that's great. And this episode, uh, if I get it out right, so uh, we're recording this on the fourteenth. Uh, this will come out on April sixth. Mm -hmm. So you guys said you were close to wrapping up phonology, so. Hopefully by by that time you'll be on to some morphosyntax, huh? <laughs> Maybe we'll see. Yeah, I, I'd say so. Let's say so. So what? Our our next one is going to be the nineteenth, correct? Yeah. And then the twenty sixth, mm -hmm. and then this, and then April second. So if this airs uh, April sixth, then we'll, our next one will be April 9th. Yeah, we might uh, we might be almost to the beginning of. <laughs> The very start of morphosyntax. Depends on how long the palatals take. The palatals. <laughs> oh, my. Palatals, episode one through 19. <laughs> uh, palatalization is fun. There's so many things you can do with it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You guys need to be, have, here's, here's something that, that you guys need to have happen. I don't know if it will ever naturally happen, but you need to have some weird merger where two, like two phonemes have end up having the same allophone in a weird way that, that can't be analyzed. That's one of my favorite things to see. <laughs> like you, like, uh, like both X and N going to F. I mean, 
in some environment. <laughs> I, I would like to see that happen. <laughs> Is that a real thing that ever, ever happened? No, I'll, I'll tell you one thing that has happened. Velers have gone to post alveolars. That's wait, no, 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 no. Velers have gone to interdentals. That was it. So rub becoming the, and if it can do that, then it can go to you know labial dentals. So ch can go to th, can go to fa. That's fine. Um, and then for n, I mean that's it's more of a challenge, isn't it? <laughs> kind of. I, I mean, I would say so. <laughs> Goodness gracious. It's going to have to be changing in, place and manner coming next to some sort of uh, I mean, this is how you'd have to do it. Right. N coming before B, there's uh, an assimilation that happens. So it's MB. Then there's um, some sort of uh, I feel like it has to be a P, a P, because then it's at least voiceless. No, no, no. Check this out. Check this out. OK, so then <laughs> <laughs> so then MB through mutation just becomes M. Yeah, that happens a whole lot. And then what happens is that this thing becomes voiceless in word final position because we dropped final vowels. So, you know, um, um, um. And then that thing just gets reinterpreted as F. There you I go. think I was thinking of, I think I did not convey exactly what I meant. <laughs> and was thinking of something much, much tamer and more reasonable than what you just came up with. <laughs> but nonetheless, that will show up in a language, I'm sure. Good Lord. Now I'm just thinking about how they could possibly work. How could you pull that off? Nobody can pull that off. Oh, my God. Anyway, uh, what were you thinking? <laughs> oh, I was literally just thinking like... Um, I, I, it came to mind in uh, because you were talking about palatalization, where it, like um, in I think too much about Mandarin, but anyway, in Mandarin, both velars mm -hmm. and the um, dentals got palatalized to these like uh, I've what do you call them like blade palatals or something, right? And it's it's it, yeah, 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 they're yeah, yeah. totally tame changes. It's not it's not anything weird, but like no one actually knows like how to work out what's the phoneme or anything because like historically these two things merged in this one environment for palatalization, but like you know, that means that the information about what they originally were is lost. So <laughs> but uh yeah, yeah exactly. They, I like those kinds of things much tamer than what you were suggesting of the of, of like N and uh, merging to F. Although I think it's possible. <laughs> Anything's All possible. Right. That's right. And honestly, and honestly, everything just becomes H eventually anyway. Everything becomes H. Uh -huh. And then it disappears <laughs> when everybody I, dies. I, yeah, so. that's and um Wow! Wow! <laughs> yeah, you did have a reduction uh, to time. H in your Geminate thing that you were working out, right? Well, um, I think you were. Yeah, I did. It was it yeah, was that's... an S coda going to A. I remember because I saw it and I immediately yeah. thought, "Oh, Caribbean Spanish." Like, um, but uh, nice. anyway, like I think Puerto Rican Spanish has like similar. Like things going on, but um, anyway, Langtime Studio, go check it out if you're into live streaming and you want to watch these two, like work out a language for rabbits, uh, and hopefully in the future a language for cats and a language for possums. Got to do possums at some. <laughs> I, I don't care. It's at some point, you got to do possums. But anyway. Guys, just go go and watch it and participate in the chat and everything. It's a fun time just kind of hanging out and seeing how other people do the conlanging thing. Um, uh, thank you, David, for coming on and Jesse, too. Uh-oh. Yes. Oh, I just heard a noise. And David is offline suddenly. Oh, no. But... You're welcome. I'm glad to have been here, and I sure as heck hope this all 
is recorded well. Okay. All right. In any case, thank everybody for listening and happy conlanging. Thank you for listening to Conlangery. You can find our archives and show notes at conlangery.com and follow us on Facebook, Tumblr, and Twitter by searching for Conlangery. Conlangery is entirely supported by our patrons at Patreon. To become a patron, go to patreon.com conlangery and pledge your monthly amount. As little as a dollar will help us out. A special thanks to Ezekiel Fordsmender, Margaret Ransdell-Green, Graham Hill, and all of those who have chosen to support us. Conlangery is under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share-Alike License. You may use Conlangery episodes for any non-commercial work as long as credit is provided to us and you release your work under the same license. Conlangery's website is created by Bianca Richards. Our theme music is by Null Device. And transcriptions of our episodes have been provided by Sarah Doparella. Casada. <laughs>